You're listening to The RC, your guide to digital cinema, filmmaking, and cutting-edge imaging. Welcome to this end-of-year RC podcast, coming digital cinematography. Oh, come on, we can still sneak one in before the end of the year. No, no, I think we can. Okay. Yes, we'll be rounding out the year. Um, thanks for all the tweets requesting the uh, that we do this. Um, I, for one, had stopped work and was on holidays, but that's fine. I've come back from holidays. Uh, back oh, from and thanks for whoever before. set up the website. Yeah, that was good. Also, <laughs> the website was where the heck is, is the RC podcast. But, but you know, we say that sarcastically because, uh, in fact, we do appreciate the fact that you want to have a, an RC podcast. We want to give you one. And, and uh, we tried recording one in the middle of a UB40 concert. Unfortunately, the audio <laughs> didn't come out so Terrible. well. Anyway, getting yeah. back to my intro, this is the uh, FX Guide RC podcast. We see how roll here, blah, blah, blah. Mind blogs, blah, 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 blah. Okay. And this is the end of year 2014 Christmas special. Um, we had tried to be uh, monthly, but I've just confessed to your listeners that I'm, <laughs> I've been it's in China. You. I've been in China. No, I have. And, uh, and then I was in New Zealand. And then I was, um, yeah, way off the grid. Anyway, so yeah. it's my fault. I apologize. Jace, what have you been up to? Yes, it's my fault. I've been shooting, 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 lots of shooting, but quite a busy shooting end to the year, working with a new client. And, uh, you know, I guess I'm sort of now kind of refreshing all my gear and changing things to suit that uh, client that looks like it's potentially ongoing. So I'm, um, yeah, sort of having a bit of a, a streamlining, I think, using the holiday season for downtime to have a serious clear out, a uh, streamlining and a uh, um, making sure I have um, a shitload less gear to, to, to drag around or for my ACs to uh, have to come pick up from me. Yeah. Now, while we say it's all my fault because I've been unavailable, and that's true, Jason. In fact, you have been shooting an enormous amount I have, lately. I have, I have, I have, I have. But yes, which it's is great. All, it's hey, um, all your fault. Yes. No. Fair enough. All my fault. But nevertheless, you've been shooting an enormous lot, and you've yes. switched camera rigs. What are you now well, currently shooting on? Switched. Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm transitioning. Transit. Well, I've sort of uh, at the moment going working a lot with a client who's sort of asked me to step in to take over a uh, a lot ongoing long ongoing campaign and and they wanted a fresher look they wanted it to look newer and to look different and not that full frame is different but uh, I did do a couple of little projects for them on some full frame cameras on the a7s and uh, uh, and they just loved it to death so I wanted to um, uh, Move forward to something with more, uh, big boy pants with uh, full frame look. So, although I'll still be using the A7S as second second unit, I suppose, or, or second camera or um, B cam. Um, I've I like all of the grown up um, uh, big boy niceties, cam. big boy functionality of the Sony F5. I have. But uh, I really just wanted to uh, have all of that and still be able to shoot full frame or have the option for the full frame look. So I've got the uh, Sony FS7 with uh, speed boosters and I know there's going to be things that I'm going to miss. We've talked about the differences on other podcasts between these two cameras and I know I'm going to miss a lot of stuff. I know there's a lot of of the way the... um, uh, the way the F5 is built and the quick menu system and the side display. I'm definitely going to miss that side display thing. But, you know, I think it's one of those cameras that once you've got set up, you don't need to change too much. So, yeah, a, uh, FS7 
is what I've I've moved to so far. So I'm currently getting that up and uh, getting getting to know it. And uh, yeah, it's it's intriguing. Um, uh, there's still obviously the four car upgrades to come with the F5 and more. I think we're probably going to get a few surprises, perhaps. But uh, uh, I, I, right out of the box at the moment, I can do full frame look with. Uh, you know the full audio things, and put VLOX on the back of it, and um, do yeah, do 4K uh, up to 60 frames, and over cranking up to 180, doing a little bit of high speed and stuff as well. So yeah, moving to FS7. So um, it it is a really good camera out of the box, but I'm still having a bit of playing with it with with um, uh, making it work with all my hand grips and shoulder rigs and things. So I have succeeded. I have succeeded in turning what is an incredibly light and small and compact camera and turning it uh, into into an F five essentially. Okay, so we've yeah. got we've got a got we've got about an eight thousand US retail on an FS seven. What are yeah. you what are you lensing with? What's the? Uh, I have still got my I've got the Sony uh, my Canon Cine Primes. But to be honest, I've I've got a slightly more expanded kit now of my little dog shit optics, just modified modified stills lenses, modified con- contacts lenses, with these little oval oval irises in the back, which give me sort of a bit of a slight and a, a nice sort of poor man's um, subtle poor man's anamorphic look, and all the more effective uh, if you're working on longer lenses that you can do with uh, full frame, you know, just just by sheer nature of the fact that you have a wider field of view. You know, you naturally migrate more to the longer lenses in the kit, and then you know you get that nicer uh, out of focus, and thus the oval bokeh that comes from these lenses comes more to the forefront. So, yeah, I am. Um, yeah, as you know, I moved to the uh, A7S when oh, yes. our, our Canon kit was stolen. Yeah. Um, we had three uh, Canons just from the city office. We have still got Canons in the US offices, but uh, yes, yeah, so I've been liking that. But the thing I was going to ask you about is that. Um, uh, so I've got a uh, Metabones on that, which works most of the time and looks pretty good. Um, mm. But uh, I also have a Zeiss um, F4. But the reason I bring this up is that I just find the trouble with the Zeiss, um, you know, 28 to 70 is that it's an F4. And I just crave going wider than F4. Yes. And and I'm wondering, those um, dog shit lenses, I thought they tended to be about F4. And that doesn't seem like it's going to be the no. kind of... No, you've got it wider Well, they're there. all... They're all I, I mean, it, the, all the donor lenses that I've used have all been wide, like F2, F1.4. They are, by nature, I guess, the labels on them are, are of varying... Accuracy. Uh, <laughs> varying, of varying... Um, Essentially, I guess you could call the minimum iris four or two eight or so because it's uh, it, it's been iris down, but it's only being iris down, left to right, top top to bottom. Essentially, it's a wide open f one four lens, but uh, with the oval in the iris, it's actually like it's a two eight left to right and a, and a one four top to bottom. If that makes sense. Which brings the so, question: Are So you Richard's doing... got some crazy math that, that tells me tells him what the actual iris in it, and, and I completely ignore it. Doesn't even really matter. Essentially, it looks nice and shallow, but it has an unusual bokeh, and, and I'm just going for the slightly the slightly different look. So, so because um, my favorite lens of all times the one two. Uh, Canon 85. Yes. I love that yes, lens. But, indeed. But my question is this. What are you metering then? You're just always metering through the lens? I'm just going by eye. I'm not a big metering guy. I'm not. I'm right. just looking at it. Literally, I mean, I occasionally call up a... Um, 
call up a waveform and uh, have a look and just double check things. But to be honest, I'm getting quite used to. Well, I was with the F5, and and, and I presume it won't be too much of a learning curve between the F5 and the FS7. To okay, just but- yeah, to just what you see is what you get. I've never really been someone for really looking up all the, you know, double checking all false colours and and spending my time looking at meters. I just look. I'm just yeah, going with what you see is what you get. Okay, but the problem with that is, and I mean, I'm, I agree with I'm you sure to a certain extent. Is sure there's a problem? Sorry, I'm sure there's a problem. Go ahead. Well, no, no, it's it's not a problem. I'm just curious how you solve it because I, I'm fine like that on stills. I don't care really. I mean, you know, so much. But when I'm shooting, I want to know kind of what the depth of field is, and I'm going to get the best mental picture of the sort of ends of my sharps from knowing what the f-stop is. And so, if I don't know what that is, I'm kind of I mean, you know, you just how do you know how much flexibility you've got for the actors and writing focus? I I, I have a focus puller all the time. <laughs> so they just <laughs> and he's staring set... he's staring at a high definition monitor and uh, above my sharps. head. I've got the camera on my shoulder. I've got peaking. He so never walks out with a tape measure and wants to know, you know. No tape measures. There's no. I haven't seen the tape. I spent a lot of time on well, not a lot of time, but I was fiddling okay. around, I was fiddling around putting the focus hook on the camera and I put a new top plate on the camera yeah. and was relocating the focus hook and I realized I haven't seen anyone run a tape in a long time. They all use um, mainly using just yeah. using laser laser pointers yeah. but even if they do laser right pointers. okay laser. but let's say for argument's sake that they use a laser pointer in place of a tape measure the point is they yes. still say uh, they're at you know four meters um, or whatever it is but my point is still wouldn't they sort of want to know what they're they're kind what, of mint what is and the hell is the left f-stop? Yes, I don't make things very uh, easy for them. I think I mean, at the end of the day, you? a You're lot of times you can do all the calculations in the want. world, but at the end of the day, it comes down to what, you, uh, what you're seeing through the lens and does it look accurate. I mean, all of those calculations and focus, focus, focus charts and, 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 and um, um, depth of field charts were, I guess, a bit more prevalent and a bit more critical Back in the day, when you didn't, you weren't staring at a video split that told you exactly how sharp and soft stuff is, because there was always a bit of a yeah, a no, bit but of a I, gap I, I'm the to- real yeah, world and no, what you're totally seeing you. on the rushes. I'm totally with you. Yeah, you couldn't. You know, you've got a video split off the film camera. It was incredibly hard to judge anything, right? But, but I'm still. So I, I totally agree with you. If they don't move, what you see is what you get. You get a sense of it, blah blah blah. But I just would have thought you'd want to. I mean, I, I just do it in my head always, just oh, what F's up am I on? How much kind of latitude have we got for people moving and worrying about focus is sort of just constantly in a moving shot. And I guess your focus pulls are just marvellous and don't have to worry well, about such things. I mean, they are very much more reactive than, than uh, active, I guess. These days, a lot of they're always watching watching a monitor and pulling off a monitor, I guess. I'm often working handheld and you have marks, but uh, a lot of the times they can... Just pull it up before sharps gets a problem, rather than it just being, you know, a soft take and you find out later. So, you know, uh, yes, my guys, the guys I uh, uh, and girls I use are, are fantastic, but they are very much now interacting with what I shoot by watching monitors and firing off that. And if someone does a, I think in actual fact, you end up with a lot more good takes than bad because they can if someone shifts or moves they can spot it and react to it rather than me have to say forward or back or you know it's soft or something they can they can see it themselves often better than i can through the viewfinder okay 
Yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah, obviously in a, in a set and forget interview situation, it's not going to work so much and you're going to definitely going to want to have that control for you, you know, to put it on a tripod and sit it and leave it and you're going to want to have that control. But, uh, yeah, for what I'm doing, I've always either chasing it or someone's chasing it for me. And presumably you're, you know, really loving the uh, the ISO bandwidth you've got. Uh, yeah, good, yes, good and bad because you're constantly battling with uh, constantly ending down. But uh, I think one of the things I really like uh, uh, and uh, is missing with some cameras is the NDs. And the, uh, that's an, constantly con – the, the internal NDs are so handy. You sort of think that they're, you know, not a bad idea. But, man, I'm just using them all the time. You know, the um, – in fact, the FS7 has three steps of ND versus uh, only two steps on the F5. I think it's got three stops and six stops, I think. And I think on the FS7 is two stops, four stops, and six stops or something. But, yeah, it's I'm constantly using the NDs all the time. So, yeah, I mean, the... The ISO is a blessing and a curse. It's pretty much fixed. I don't bother writing it up or writing it down because I think you're just going to get out of your dynamic range, you know, best curve. So I really just, yeah, ND down. Or, you know, NDs are just, you're either swapping them or variable NDing them or, uh, you know, swapping stuff in and out of the map box constantly and or spinning the NDs. But, but yeah, it's, it's not. That's uh, really great, good for you if you're, you know, you're often in, uh, actually, I think yeah, I did this job. I did at the moment. It's actually storming now. I don't know if you could hear it before. There was thunder, but I did this job uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it was uh, yeah. Maybe you, you might have been in town, Mike, but some incredible thunderstorms in Sydney in, in summer, and uh, it was near pitch black. And we'd set up on our pack shot, and it was like beautiful daylight, natural daylight coming through these windows, lighting this massive pack shot that took forever to set up, and. Uh, the storm came in and we dropped about 10 stops in about 15 minutes and there was near lightning and um, and I said, oh, can we still shoot? And I said, yep, I just wound up the ISO and I think we were shooting on the F5. Oh, I think we were shooting on the F5, these pack shots, and just wound it up. It was terrific, it was clean and literally the only problem was rolling the pack shot, getting it in between lightning strikes because as soon as lightning strike <laughs> hit, it was the, such a... We were so down in exposure when the lightning strikes hit. It was like literally, you know, blowing out to five stops over. So, yeah, just firing off a pack shot in between lightning strikes. But yeah, it was beautiful. It looked like, it looked like it had done. It was a slightly softer version of it, but literally, in a near pitch black storm, it was uh, enough light coming through the windows that we could still, you know, essentially bring it, make it look like day, and not make it look too weird. So, and we, you know, ended up getting getting everything we need to in, in time without without uh, embarrassing ourselves. I'll so. tell you what, something I've been using on the Sony 7S, um, which is brilliant, is this little audio module that they came out with, which you clip onto the um, oh, yeah, you've got that hot one. shoe. Yeah. For the hot shoe one. And it's yeah. got a shotgun that comes with it, um, though we use it mainly to feed in um, through the XLRs, the uh, remote mics when we're right. doing interviews. But we used the shotgun. We were at a, a conference. I was giving a presentation in China um, on the sort of – well, it was a panel discussion on the future of uh, the industry in China. So we had four or five CTOs or CFOs or 
CEOs of major um, effects houses in China, um, you know, people that do the work for ILM in China and people that uh, do, you know, like have offices all over the world. So really, really good. But we just didn't have enough uh, mics to mic everybody up. We didn't have a mixer because we were kind of didn't expect to have five people going into at one time. We can do four, we just can't do five. Yeah. And so we decided to just have um, a couple of mics, but then have one that was um, just the shotgun off the top. And we had the, you know, uh, 7S fairly in close on a tripod for the sort of close-up shots with the shotgun on it in a quiet room with a uh, at a conference. And uh, it worked great. But the great thing about it, it's not so much that, obviously any shotgun is, is good value, it's the fact there are no wires. The thing just goes in through right. the um, the hot shoes. So you click it on the top and that's it. No things hanging off the side, no dodgy. And it's got manual audio levels on it, doesn't manual it? Manual audio doesn't levels have on, lob- it. Knobs yeah. on it. Yeah. Knobs on it. Yeah. It is a bit expensive, but uh, yeah, it's very so cool. So it was worth it. It was worth it on the yeah. first job we used it on. Yeah. 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 Yes. I think there is a thing that I think works with that and works with the A7S and works with the FS7 actually is through that multi multi multimedia hot shoe or whatever they call it, interactive, I don't know, God, they keep coming up with formats. Um, they have a dock for, if you have Sony wireless mics, they have a dock thing where you can literally get the Sony wireless mic pack, dock it into this hot shoe thing and put it onto the, put it onto the camera with no cables whatsoever. It, all do, it powers the receiver, it, all the audio levels come through. You don't get the manual audio levels at least, but literally just put this little dock on, on the, on the top of the uh, FS7, and, and yeah, everything's all powered, no cables, no batteries. But uh, yeah, there's a lot to be said for having those, you know, XLRs and manual audio audio levels because sometimes you don't go wireless mic. Sometimes you literally plug you on a hot shoe on a you want a you want a um, a shotgun in the hand or a uh, uh, or or a lav mic wire. You know, wire. Yeah, we, we don't want to have to yeah. don't want to have the hassle of stuff. Yeah. Batteries running low on things, but man, sound is hard. Sound is hard, and uh, obviously, if you've got a sound recorder, it's fine. But in this particular case, doing interviews overseas, like in imagery, is easy. China and stuff. Um, yes. Yeah, we found it really, really good, and oh, uh, good. it just worked well. The thing so that you're was, transitioning okay from the the only thing I see well, A7 what I miss about the five D is stills, because what what really threw me as I was um I was in New Zealand and I did some touristy stuff and I'm some visiting uh, Hobbiton, um, you know. Where oh, yes. It's a bit of a tourist attraction in the south, in the North Island, and you sort of drive down, it's near sort of Rotorua, roughly speaking. And, um, yeah, so you drive around the set, or rather walk around the set, um, and they've got like 44 um, of the sort of uh, Hobbit holes on the mm. hillside. Yeah, so it's a really good thing to take the kids to, which is what I did. Here's the thing, though. I was just so tripped up. Like, I, everyone smile, and you take a shot, and, of course, through the eyepiece, it freezes with the replay of the shot you just took. And so right. I'm like, smile. And they're like, they are smiling. We are smiling. Oh, yeah, of course you are. I'm sorry. I'm just looking at the replay of what just happened a second ago as everyone was posed for their happy snap smiling shot. Right. No, no, good point. Yes, you were smiling. Sorry about I that. I see. Yeah, versus optical. Yes. Yeah, because, you know, yeah. you have that momentary sort of shut-up thing where you just expect to just then keep taking shots. And, of course, yeah. you can do that. But, but, yeah, you don't have to do the chimping thing where you take the photo and then you look down to go to check the exposure on the LCD. You can just keep going. You're still going looking through, yeah. You know, exactly what, you know exactly what you get. So that tripped me that a little. How archaic. That how archaic. Mirror, a mechanical mirror flipping up and flipping down. And i tell you what's funny. We, I, I was using a 7D as well because um, we've got some 7Ds that we don't want anymore. So my kids shoot with 7Ds. 
And the trouble with the 7Ds, if you try shooting video, I'd completely forgotten about that 10-minute rule, you know, where it was oh. like 10-minute and it just stops. Mm. Now, obviously, not so much an issue if you're shooting kind of takes or narrative drama, but when you're doing interviews, I was, I was just shooting some stuff with it, and it stopped. And I was like, why did it stop? Oh, yeah, I've been shooting oh, yeah. this thing for 10 minutes, and I have to restart it, don't I? Because there used to be a 10-minute rule, which I, yeah. you know, less, I left behind to half an hour on the 5D Mark III, and of course left behind pretty much altogether on the Sony. But yeah. Yes. How do you find the battery life on the Sonys? On the, like, I actually don't find... I found that it was initially initially bad, and I think a lot of the bad press or bad reviews about battery life were maybe the battery technology I found for the last first couple of charges. Uh, definitely for people who would have been reviewing it, I think the first couple of charges were not great. But I think it was... I think... And I think this is the rule in most sort of lithium batteries is that the first couple of charges are pretty poor and, and in terms of discharges rather and then after that it gets it gets better I, know, I found it okay I think what's a good what you might want to do is get the uh, battery grip which is uh, not too expensive and puts two batteries in it and I think actually not not that you really want to have it to be able to do what it's designed to which is to be able to go from portrait to landscape mode but um Mainly because it actually adds a bit of adds a bit of bulk to the camera. It makes it easier to hold. It's a really it actually feels yeah. <laughs> feels like a, a grown up camera. It feels like a proper camera actually when you put that thing on there. It is Not, funny sticking that thing on the back of a big ass lens. Like you've got yeah. a big ass lens, like a I don't know. Well, even a seventy to to two hundred with an, a, yes. a doubler on it, and then you've got this little cigarette box on the end of it that's meant to be the camera. It's like wh- yeah. where the camera go? So I do recommend the. Um, uh, the battery grip and actually I think there's a third party battery grip out there now which is quite cool which I think you can get on eBay quite cheaply and which I do have and actually is quite uh, quite well made and it actually has a remote but it's not like an infrared remote I think built into the battery grip is a uh, wireless uh, it's like 2.4 gig gigahertz um, and it's probably about the same price as the factory Sony grip so and it's built, built very well put two batteries in it down the bottom, but it just happens to come with a remote that is like I, I, uh, an RF remote where you can uh, trigger stills but uh, cannot trigger video. So don't expect to trigger video with that thing. But um, uh, it's, uh, yeah, very good. So, hey, you were talking about uh, audio before. The thing that yes. I was perilously close to buying before um, I stopped having any Canon gear, and I'm now trying to evaluate whether it's still relevant on the Sony gear. Did you see the Tascam um, unit that goes on the, I think on the bottom of the camera, or um, it's like a Tascam multiple... Yeah, the new version. Yeah, like a four-channel audio recording thing. Yes, well, that would have helped you uh, in China. Well, no, see, that was the thing. We we could do four channels, we just couldn't do five. Right. Me plus four or five panellists, so yeah. True. Well, you could have put this under the camera and had four channels on this and one camera on the mic, mic on the camera. Yeah, sure. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's it's brilliant. Uh, the DR70D. Uh, I'm I've I'm perilously close to buying the thing, and I don't even need it. I just think it's beautiful. It's, isn't it? Isn't it? Tascam to be totally commended. Oh, for just Tascam's yeah, doing some great stuff. I, there is something coming that they've got at the moment, which I've seen pictures of, 
yet. I tried to research it for the show, and it seems to have gone underground. I think a lot of the time, weirdly, same with this item, they launch stuff. Stuff seems to come out of Europe, first of all, and then it makes its way onto B&H, etc. Um, but this, the DR70, I think the one before was the 60 or something, which was pretty much the same design, but it was kind of like cut it in half and stack it on top of each other and it somehow made it really bulky mm. but this thing even if you forget ever bolting it to the bottom of a camera which i think is a weird thing to do anyway just literally take that off and you've got a really small little poor man's sound devices recorder with proper knobs for everything and actual proper so you've, got, you've got four XLRs. xlr inputs and yeah. four knobs for those four xlr inputs and it actually has microphones in the back of it so you can actually just literally plonk it on unlike any of those other sort of sound devices things it literally has two it is like as kind of a zoom recorder where it's got actually got microphones in the back of the thing and it runs and off um, yeah. aa batteries yeah yeah which i do i kind of find it weird a lot of this stuff runs off aa because you know if you're phantom powering things you can really and a that goes for all of these things. If you're a fan of power, this stuff, it just rips through the batteries mercilessly. So maybe Still, there's some sort of sunny, workout. Some it's only sort of like 300 bucks. Thing. 300 oh, bucks. It's, it's nothing. And it is really, it's re- really nice little unit. And it's tiny and yet usably tiny. Um, you don't have to have that whole bracketry thing. You don't have to bolt it to the top, bottom or top of a camera. But just I think as a standalone recorder, I think it's great. It's really simple. You don't have to. There's a knob for a lot of things rather than burrowing, uh, burrowing through uh, numerous menus. So yeah, I think that is uh, a brilliant thing. And yeah, it's like what is it? Three hundred bucks or so. Two ninety nine in stock. B and H right now. Yeah. But the other thing, yeah, it's, uh, Tascam. Which I saw leaked, which was a a thing the size of your little Zenheiser, like a little body pack wireless uh, wireless mic transmitter, but it was a recorder. So it's literally a little small little body pack recorder where you could still have somebody wireless and tethered and and and, but you don't you uh, you weren't relying on. You could just literally have them just whack their hand, you know, do a slate, just clap in front of their face or whatever and ID it themselves and record on their body rather than have to, I say worry, worry in inverted commas with receiver and receiver batteries and and frequencies and uh, interference and all that sort of stuff. Not that it is too much of an issue these days. But, uh, yeah, just to have purely have mic and recorder but something small and hideable and put that on on, on your subject so hopefully those will uh hopefully those will surface again but uh yeah it was a very cool little thing tascam are uh cranking out little beauties like this quite impressive no i totally agree tascam is uh is great i mean look i tend to use uh a lot of road stuff these days yeah uh, in mics and stuff but when it yes. comes to those uh recorders um i mean i you know i have my iphone app from road as my kind of backup oh, yes. on I have a lav for it, and I have the uh, clip-on one. You know, what's the XY thing, uh, which I used a lot. I was doing a bunch of uh, interviews, which were for transcribing. So we were, I was, uh, you know, doing my PhD. So I was doing interviews for that, and I was using that because it was sometimes it was just easy to have that. Uh, someone had agreed to something, you know, and you say, "Great," and I just whip it out. Yes, I, exactly. so I kept it permanently in my backpack at uh, trade shows and stuff. So if I did end up having a meaningful chat all i need to do is have my phone which i always had and this tiny xy thing that yeah. being said it's not the kind of stuff that you would use pro wise um where when as soon as you need some sort of serious recording stuff the tascam stuff not not that the 
road stuff isn't, but the road is the mics. Yes. For the Tascam uh, for a recorder is uh, is terrific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been a few. Okay, so you not won't... a lot of news, 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 apart from the incredible Sony hack, which every other podcast in the world is talking about, but uh, we don't need to cover, but it's just astounding. It is an astounding shock to uh, the universe and an astounding uh, and daily, daily evolving story uh, doesn't really uh, affect us much here on this podcast. But nonetheless, it's still a whole bag of holy fuck that uh, is, uh, <laughs> is not going to stop anytime soon. Yes, yes. Um, though, yeah. Though, did anyone not think that um, it would be a good idea to, like, change the password on the master files of all the employee accounts? Oh, I'll step back a little bit. Perhaps it was not exactly a brilliant idea to have a whole film based around killing a world leader. <laughs> yeah, an unstable one at that. <laughs> Maybe it was a... Yeah, I'm... I, look, I have, no, I have no knowledge, none, zip, nothing. But I've got to say, I can't believe this is all done myself. Just from a hack. I, I believe you could hack in and get most of the stuff, but this feels to me like an inside job. It's like somebody was either coerced or yeah. was pro um, uh, somebody else. And yeah. yeah, because I just can't. Um, yeah. Hey, um, changing uh, back to photographic stuff. Yeah. The other thing we were shooting when we were away. Oh, yes, controversial. Well, I, I just, yeah, I think you're right. Like it's been covered by everybody. And, yeah. you know. Um, so we were we were also shooting Polaroids on this trip. I was on. Have you seen the kids today have Polaroid cameras? I have. I have Polaroid of the 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 sort of neck Instagram kind of. Yeah, the Instagram kind of Polaroids, like they're vertical kind of little ones, not big ones. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah, it's but, like that, and typewriters are in apparently. Yes, typewriters are in. You've seen the uh, Heming Wright. The Heming Wright. Yes, the Hemingwright is, uh, I think it was a Kickstarter or a Kickstarter type thing. It's basically um, a, I suppose it's the, the noughties equivalent of, uh, you know, one of those, uh, of a typewriter in terms of it having a, like a, uh, an e-ink um, screen. And literally, it's a device that you can write, write on. It has a full-size Typewriter style. It looks like an old, looks like the old looks like the, but, but the last paper? remnants of the key of of the the very last typewriter that you remember, yeah, which was an electronic typewriter. Does it have paper or is it doing electronic? No, it's purely e-ink screen, but it's really designed for someone who. Uh, I mean, I find writing a real struggle. I think really? the idea is anyone who has a laptop and writes on a laptop or an iPad or anything. You probably write a couple of lines and go, oh, I'll just check Facebook or whatever. Or I'll just check Twitter and I'll just do a couple of tweets. This is literally is a device to write and, and you nothing can't do anything else. else. It doesn't connect to the... It seems like a first world to problem to me. Oh, yeah, oh dear, my computer up, does too much stuff. <laughs> Bit of a first world problem. Oh, it's God, if only my computer did zen, less stuff. <laughs> it's a very zen... zen. Uh, a, a very zen way of writing without uh, and very focused... On writing, if you just uh, I'm sorry, I'm just going to say this. This, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. Because I mean, we don't have enough waste of materials in the world already that we have to. So we have our phone, our iPad, and our laptop. And now a third, sorry, fourth way of writing is to have a device that doesn't do some of the things that those other things do. 
So I need to pollute the planet by making another device. And then what am I going to do with it? I'm going to use it for like a week and then leave it in a bloody shelf and never use it again. (laughs) It's a useless piece of plastic. I just looked at it. Are you kidding me? It's fantastic looking thing. It's very clever. Look, if you're a writer and you struggle with distractions... How about this? this How about this? Turn off Wi-Fi. There's an idea. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're writing and you just say, hey, go up the top corner, disable... Wi-Fi, turn Wi-Fi off. Bing, done, thanks. So how much money did that save me? Quite a lot. Yeah. Didn't have to melt down any, anything. There's still a lot of other stuff on your computer that doesn't need Wi-Fi. That you, you could be looking at photos or you could be looking back at all. Email is still there. You just can't, you just can't send anything. So anyway, right, right. Two because because, because I have so much self-control that I'm off the internet, meant to be writing, and I still can't do it. Well, maybe you shouldn't be writing. Maybe you should be doing something else. Well, Come on. Look, really, seriously, you're in the wrong because a lot of people have. Uh, I think that this is. I think this. I think it. It got like. You know what this reminds me of? This uh, reminds me. No, no. This reminds me. Yeah, no, no. This reminds me of all of those things that people buy at shops for storing things in their house, and they they think that they're buying things like useless pieces of plastic to organize stuff, and what they're buying is the promise that it'll be easier to be tidy. And what you're doing is you're buying this, you're buying the promise that somehow it'll help you write. But it won't because the thing that you need to do to write yes, is write. My life would be much better if. Yeah, yeah. if. And, and the, you don't need a useless piece of plastic to make you do that. You need discipline and just sitting down and buckling under and doing the bloody thing. Seriously, like, I mean, it, it, people spend yes, a lot of money in the faint hope you. that this thing You're a very motivated will... person and you can... Oh, you're not? I'm sorry, Mr. Like... I'm not going to buy one of these, but if I had to write for a living, this would be written, this would be made for me, but I'm not not going to... Yeah. Anyway, there's a, clearly there's a market out there. People, it's... You, you, you're, you're very... You can focus very easily. You're a very... Which is why you put the, uh, um, the touch tonic in the show notes, right? What's that? That's why you put the touch tonic in the, in the show notes. You want me to be distracted by discussing that as well? So, <laughs> yes, we can talk about that. <laughs> Come on. This is one for the Christmas. Uh, it's way too late for the stocking stuffers for those tech heads. In the, you know, I, I don't know. Some, I, look, in between shows, I just surf the net because I can't be, I can't bother writing. Because <laughs> you don't buckle down and write <laughs> your treatments. And, you know, I just have that thing on, on Safari, whatever you call it, reading list, where you hit something and you go, oh, that's cool. I'll just memorize it for later. And then when it comes showtime, I go through all my uh, reading list stuff, and this happened to be in there, which is called uh, Touch Tonic. For, uh, I think you can get it at photojojo.com. And it's literally, because I know we all have this trouble this time of year, Mike, you and I, um, <laughs> that you're, you're freezing, you're trying to operate technical gear. A lot of it has touch screens. Um, you know, you're trying to distract yourself from writing, playing on your iPad. And uh, you, the damn gloves we're forced to wear here in Australia and during the during the holiday season, uh, your gloves don't work. So this is uh, some gloves do, some gloves don't. This is actually something literally a little like a little jar of nail varnish that you can actually paint this sort of photoresistive, I guess, or or conductive onto the tips of your gloves. And then you have to be every just the ones that you use for uh, iPhones, maybe just a couple of fingers. But it's basically the ability to um, add touchscreen ability to your gloves hey you know this is this is important if you're an epic user in the winter you know some cameras 
have touch screens. And uh, there you go, twenty dollars. Photojojo.com. I I think real men like Hemingway would just be so. This is like you're basically it's just like you you literally should save yourself the trouble, get out twenty bucks, and just set fire to it. Literally, just burn money. Roll up twenty dollars and touch save. the screen with that. Maybe. Instead of that, you're going to spend twenty bucks plus postage. It's just going to be a shipped show around where you the planet. Just, oh, okay, where's I'm not seeing your list of things. Where's your this? This is. I'd like to talk about Cine Gears. That's what I'd like to talk about. Okay, talk about Cine Gears, please, because this is awesome. Okay, um, this sort of been bubbling away in the background, and I wondered. I kept seeing it occasionally on eBay, and kept seeing. It, it, it go past on Twitter here and there, and I just wondered if anybody really actually had that, a chance to play with it. Not really anybody that I, that I, I knew of had uh, had a chance to play with these. This is a remote focus. This is wireless focus. This is a real tool. This is, this is, this is, this is, I mean, this is not a full-on $20,000 ARRI. No, but I mean, it's a real tool. Focus in, it's, not zoom a, it's not a setup, toy. But this is not, a... this is definitely, yeah. Uh, but... You know, for affordable money, especially for what it is. So, Cinegears, uh, dot com. I think Cinegears dot com. Yeah, Canadian company. I thought it was Digital Logic. Uh, Digital Logic are the Australian reseller, and they're okay. the ones who very kindly lent me uh, a demo unit, which was awesome. I actually was going to chuck it on a job and not use it, and then at the end of the day, I think we had a very last minute uh, movie shot come up. So, luckily, we had them there on set and used it. And it, I got to say, it was. Fucking sensational for like what is maybe two thousand two hundred bucks. Part of the amazing thing was the fact that in in on on B and H or whatever on on cinegears.com it sells for the same amount it does here through Cinegears through uh, Digital Logic. So I was really impressed a with the price and just the build quality, beautifully made. Um, and the other thing which I think is brilliant is uh, the uh, receiver is in the motor. Well, if you just get the single motor unit, they make a uh, they yeah. make a three they make a three um, axis uh, version, you know, for focus zoom and iris, uh, which is equally brilliant. But um, just the single just the single single channel unit is sensational. Just mount the motor and power the motor, and uh, the tra- the transmitter is small but not stupid un- stupid small. Beautiful build quality, I gotta say. Really nice feel in the hand. I didn't pull my own focus; I had somebody else do it. But I had a good, a good, a good play with it, and it really felt like a solid, really brilliantly built unit, especially for the money. And um, uh, I gotta say, there's actually there's two versions. A lot of questions people had when it started to come up on Twitter were, "How noisy is it? Uh, it's quiet. It's fine. I mean, the only noise you get is." Gear on gear noise, which is natural. That's kind of physics, and it's sort of you know unavoidable. And, and really, you might hear it, I suppose, if the microphone is maybe six inches away from the camera, and you're going rack to rack at Mach three speeds uh, repeatedly. Maybe the microphone might pick it up, but seriously, it's not. It's it's that you would maybe expect that from a, a cheap unit, but this does not feel in any way that. And the other question was, they make. Two versions of the motor that make a high torque version and a standard torque version. This is oh, not. Good. Yeah, this is not a. Um, well, the question I guess is uh, not a financial one too much because I think the difference between the two motors is they're really only a couple of hundred bucks. So it comes down to more to the fact that the high torque motor I think is maybe even hundred grams heavier motor, 
and maybe you know five mil wider and five ten mil longer or so. It's it's just it's a slightly bigger motor, so it's really just. You can so cover how much yourself. are we talking about in the weight of the uh, motor? Because uh, that's obviously it's not uh, that much, right? Like I thought it was. So it's under a pound. It's maybe three quarters of a pound, kind of. That. Yes, talk amongst yourself. I can find that. I I know that. Oh, oh, it's 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 very very minimal. Someone weighed it. Hang on, it will. There's an email here. I seem to remember it wasn't onerous, like it wasn't bogging you down with. Uh, no. no. And presumably it works just as well on 15 no, and 19, not at all. right? Hang on. Uh, and uh, well, the, the, I mean, the other question I wanted to test it was was and I found, I was using the low torque motor right. with um, my. Okay, let me tell you. I'll tell you about the. Uh, 340 grams for the low torque motor and 420 grams for the uh, higher torque motor. And literally you're talking about maybe it's 5 mil wider and yes, yeah, it probably is about 5 mil thicker really. It's very, very simple. There is a picture in the show notes I will put in which uh, DigitalLogic kindly put together um, showing the... Uh, showing the difference between the two motors because someone had asked on Twitter. It was fantastic. And I've got to say that uh, Cine Gears themselves were kind of uh, invisible as part of the conversation and Digital Logic were uh, being uh, awesome in terms of answering everybody's questions. It turned into a real thing. So I was really uh, very impressed. Uh, so, yeah, look, and the, the low torque motor worked fine with the Canon Cine Primes and worked fine with my um, uh, the dog shit lenses and things. So we didn't really find anything that the low, high torque motors, uh, the low torque motors couldn't handle. But I think they're there basically if you've got big heftier zooms, larger zooms, older, older, big older zooms, have stuff where you really, and I think with, with uh, um, um, the Zeiss, Zeiss Primes, CP2s and things like that. So there's definitely some stuff that you might want to have the high torque for. So again, probably, if, if in doubt, go the high torque. But anyway, I, my, I give, I, I'm very happy to give a nod to these things. There are bloody... Bloody impressive for the money. The Red Rock Micro stuff is great. I, I, what I love with the Red Rock Micro is that little thumb wheel thing. I think is bloody genius and it's beautiful. Um, uh, but uh, this is also definitely worth a look if you're uh, more and more people are getting uh, into remote situations. You know, steady cams are getting cheaper, cameras are getting lighter. You want to put them on. Movies are becoming more and more uh, popular, and you want, and drones and things. You want to start putting this stuff up and, and wanting to have a bit of control of your iris or of your of your your focus now. So more people are more and more interested in getting into uh, wireless focus. So this is definitely worth worth a look. Hey, um, you were saying stuff that I've, you know, whatever. But um, there was something really. <laughs> That I saw that is at the other end of the spectrum from, um, you know, slightly bigger kit. The uh, uh, for the uh, A7S that I was looking at. Did you see that uh, Edelchrome's got a pocket slider coming out? That, yeah, I saw that. But a it's only so slider. Tiny it's thing. got the little, um, you know, Moco pocket thing and the little like it's obviously the stand. I think that's been out for a while. But the slider itself is really small. But this pocket. Um, controller like for doing time lapse or whatever so if you were traveling I mean it is really tiny I mean, it's like yeah dark but there's a skater they've had out for a while but I've not yes. found those skaters to be that good and the stand oh, pocket things yeah and the stand I'm like well you know and I can normally have a tripod that's not a big deal 
Um, but yeah, the idea that you could have a little uh, motion kind of motorized slider and that that would be something that you could just, I just thought that was insane. I, do you know how much it is? No, I saw the mail out, and to be honest, I didn't. I I've got to say, I've been uh, with this new client. I've been using the uh, the slider a hell of a lot for uh, the slider for plus? pack shots. Yeah, the slider plus. Yeah, pro with uh, the people on set are being. Oh, the first time I pulled it out, the uh, grip went. Oh, here we go. Great, I'm out of a job, and he's got you know he's got like a five thousand dollar, ten thousand dollar, beautifully machined you know, five-foot-long slider in the truck, and he went, great, that's another bit of kit I'm not going to rent. But, <laughs> but I tell you, by the end of a couple of second or third day shooting with this thing, he was like, wow, this is really impressive. And we ended up uh, <laughs> we ended up doing this shot where I wanted to track. I was doing, I got the F5 and got all, you know, all, the, all the other tools, and I just thought for what I wanted to do was the, um, was do a, uh, was this, pack shot in the grass literally this pack was resting in the grass and i wanted to have the camera right down literally buried in the grass we were so low we literally had to get scissors out and cut some grass away so we could actually see, get a clear shot of the pack from the camera but i wanted to track so we actually got the uh, slider pro plus whatever it is inverted it hung it upside down from under from underneath a fisher dolly uh, and was tracking, and was tracking literally what well, you couldn't even say tracking a couple of inches off the deck because we were tracking basically the in the deck, the, yeah, tracking uh, in in the deck basically. Um, to do this, otherwise you'd have to probably you know dig a hole in the grass, and we weren't really about to or allowed to do that. So it was already yeah, it was really cool. So it was like this pet product thing with with dogs and stuff in the background, and not doing this pack shot, literally tracking on the deck, um, six in, you know three inches from the from the product, and would literally we could then easily lift the whole thing up to check it because obviously it was all mounted upside down, so you couldn't get to all the controls. So we had to adjust things by literally getting the grip to hoist the whole you know take we he arm up on the, on the Fisher dolly and we'd, uh, uh, you know, adjust things and then drop it right back down again and, yeah, track away. So it was really good. So, yeah, the the, the grip didn't get uh, his nose out of joint because he got to play and we got a cool pack shot. And, yeah, I shot it all in the A7S. So I've been using the A7S a bit as a pack shot rig on that thing and everyone's happy. Everyone loves it. It's beautiful. Shooting 1080, it's a codec that people are quite happy with. And, uh, you know, no one comes over and looks at me and tells me that this is a piece of amateur shit. If they look too closely, they go, hang on, what's that little tiny DSLR on a little tiny plastic slider thing? But, yeah, it was uh, terrific. worked really well. And, uh, and it's great. you just use the rock and roll mode and literally I'd set the spot, hit rock and roll, and it would just rock, track backwards and forwards and you'd just sit there and just watch it and just without having to get the grip to do it because they're off and off doing other things. I could literally get, I could just watch my little So you had, a, shot you had it on target shot, mode yeah. and rocking and rolling? Yes, target mode. I love the, that target mode. The, 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 the target module was doing the pan and the uh, action module or whatever was doing the, 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 the track. And if you give it two pushes in one direction, it basically just rocks, rock and rolls and goes from one end and, or goes to whatever your preset just goes A and B and tracks backwards and forwards. And it was just nice to be able to just make it rock and roll and just sit there and you could just watch it and you could go, hmm, perhaps I'll just move a little bit to the left and then you just watch the move for a bit and, 
think about it. You could walk off to Video Village and uh, I'm not, not have to, I'm not, I wouldn't have to shout out to the grip, okay, track for me. You could just literally just set it and forget it and he could be off doing other things. My A camera assistant could be off doing other things, setting up the F5 on other whole shots while I've got the A7 there built just doing little, just doing little impact shot land. So it was really, really good. It worked out really well and I never really felt like I was... You know, it's good to see. The only thing I'd say though not, is not, not, it, that's perfect for a pack shot. The only thing I'd say is it's a little noisier than I'd hoped for doing Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. We were never using it for any of that stuff. It was yeah. literally just using it for mute subjects. No, no, I completely agree. Hopefully they'll, I mean, literally that's just changing the motors. So, you know, you could still, you could literally just change that head uh, and actually, um, you know, it's not the head. You got to, yeah, just change, it's changing what, it's just changing the, uh, the, uh, what do you call it? The action module, whatever it is, just literally changing the motor in that. Everything else is pretty quiet. But yeah, it works really well, and we've got a bit of a formula happening, and I was I was really impressed with it. The only thing that bugs me, and I'm sort of trying to get out, get it into Edicron and work out what the problem is, because there's just a little bit of slop in that pan thing, in in the pan head. So literally, when I'm going in one direction, it's pointing, in, you know, it's centered on the pack, and then if you track the other direction, it's it's slightly off off-center so it's you know again this is a piece of prosumer gear that i've dragged into into the pro world and uh, i'm it's that is one of the fallbacks hey Jace, when you're doing this kind of work what are you using for getting the picture back from the camera to video village because you're not running cables right no well what we're doing okay well that's another thing on my list uh well for for the F5, and I've now adapted it to the FS7. What I'm using now, and I freaking love it, is um, uh, the latest uh, transmitter from from Paralynx, the Arrow X. Oh, right. Okay, Which yeah. is... Uh, but didn't you have that before? No, I had the Arrow, and then they had the Arrow Plus. So the Arrow is just their straight HDMI to HDMI, short range, I guess you could say, 100 feet, you know, two, 300 feet. Well, real world, say, 75 50, 100 feet. Um, and then they have the Arrow Plus, which is the same version but lets you transmit to multiple receivers. Uh, now, the Arrow X is the next step up, and it's a reasonably big step financially and uh, in, fun in terms of ability. Uh, it's SDI or HDMI. Um, I've got the SDI version, and the specs say three-quarters of a mile or three-quarters three of a... Yeah, 700 feet or so. Yeah, so it's you know it's, it's the better better part of a kilometer, and it is uh, regardless of what what it, you've got, even if you're hardwiring, still the worst thing the blood curdling and 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 like fingers down the blackboard, is the splits down or the monitor's not working. We can't see it. Those calls are hourly or so, and it's just the bane of all crews. And I tell you. Um, the only time that was ever called with the Arrow X was when we were changing. Yes, yes, thank you. We know we're just changing the camera battery. It's not all you know run by nuclear power. We occasionally have to change batteries. Thanks. So uh, yeah, it's it is one of those set and forget things, and it just powered up and done. They got a signal, and it's locked and and done, and we don't have to worry about it. And um, literally, as I say, the only time they ever complained about the split being down was. Um, uh, uh, you know, when we change batteries. But 
Look, I think I'm never really going to use it out at the three, four, hundred, five hundred feet thing, or put it on a drone or any of that sort of stuff. For me, it's I just wanted the ability to go across a house, or from a back garden to a living room, or from upstairs to downstairs. Yeah, just just to be clear, I think you might have got your conversion wrong there. The seven hundred feet isn't really quite as far as you indicated it was, yeah. but yes, well, it's. it's it's far in terms of camera to video village distances. Yeah, it's yeah, it's four. Yeah, yeah, four tenths. Details, of a mile. details. Certainly not, not. Uh, yes, details. No problem. Sure, of course. But the the point is, if you're inside the four, the seven hundred feet range, so if you are, you know, not uh, obviously several kilometers away, the the um it's, the things reliable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, seven hundred feet. 215 meters. Yeah. yeah. So a quarter of a kilometer, so. But but it's reliable inside that zone that it does actually work, basically, is what you want. Yeah, right? exactly. I mean, I think that was, for me, it was, it was an investment in um, having uh, one less thing. What about the latency? <laughs> is it? Oh, well, it's the same as all of the rest. It's like literally there is, it's less than a millisecond, nothing. And right. I guess it's uncompressed, full HD. Whatever goes in is whatever comes out. It's, it's, um, yeah, and it, it uh, again, it's SDI, but it's all—it's beautifully the transmitter is all machined from uh, you know out of aluminium or so. It's Limo power connectors. It's it's you know it's a proper piece of kit, and uh, I think that was for me. It was an investment in just one less thing, you know. Just put this on the camera, power it up, done. Don't have to worry about cables because I do an awful lot of handheld stuff. I hate worrying about cables, and uh, yeah, I just wanted to have that sort of set and forget thing. So, not to be able to give me the seven hundred feet, but to be able to give me a good solid. This shit's going to work. Hundred meters, yeah, hundred meters, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and brilliant. quite frankly, I absolutely love it. Now, unless you've that, got vehicle work or something, a hundred yeah. meters is a sensible kind of. So when we go to. Um, you can uh, do two hundred meters. When we go to. Um, the A7S, the little pack shot mode. Yeah. Then we just put the little arrow X uh, there, the arrow on the top of the uh, A7S, and transmit to just transmit to uh, my little um, small HD handheld monitor, and we get the clients to come and look at us, or if they need to really stay in Video Village, then we'll uh, put it through a little Blackmagic um, transcoder, and then still plug the arrow. Arrow into it, the arrow X into it. And you're monitoring on uh, sort of the small HD, or yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll generally have put the I'll put the the um, arrow X on the top, and then I've always got my small HD uh, AC7 or DP7 with the receiver on the back, and it's literally only like 50 feet, 100 feet. You know, I'll be I'll be right there with it, just checking out the shot, not off the back of the A7S because that's a piddly little monitor. I'm really looking at a good, decent seven-inch signal here, and I'll probably walk to Video Village and show them, or I'll have them come to us a little bit, um, and then yeah. So literally, I'll just be watching. I'll just be looking and directing the shot off my handheld monitor because you don't really want to touch it. You know, mm. But you still can put your hand on the camera because a lot of the times if you're doing, you're not doing a full circular move, you're doing a linear move. So there still is the need to pull focus. So my AC is, is generally pulling focus on shadow depth on the pack shot using the 
you know, pulling focus off the, the, the uh, seven-inch monitor. But yeah, I, I, I love it to death. It's a brilliant, brilliant ring. It is expensive. You know, you're talking four oh, or so, four and four, four and a half, grand. four yeah. and a half grand or so. Yeah, that's not. Um, that's yeah, it's more than my camera. But yes. Yeah. Yes, but you know, this is. Um, uh, I mean, I think this. You can go if you were heavy. If you want an HDMI in, you can still have the same length. And there's a, a slightly cheaper. There's a, that, that. There's a, a cheaper alternative there. Uh, I think that's yeah, it's five hundred bucks or so less if you want the HDMI version, but st- same build quality, same uh, same transmission range. Uh, yeah, so good bit of kit. Uh, I give that the thumbs up. I think if you go to the TerraDeck thing, they may come up with something else, but currently they don't have anything in this range. They have something similar to the regular arrows, like fifty hundred feet, and then they jump to something, the the Bolt Pro or whatever it is, which does like twelve hundred. Fit and is is set eight something seven eight thousand dollars or so. So there is a bit, they've got a bit of a gap to fill there, and currently that's what you know Paralinks are are doing. Yeah. So. So so the other thing again, I was going to ask you because we've been sh- you mentioned it and you ran through it really quickly before about shooting styles, but we're shooting on the log on even the A7S. Um, is that what you're shooting on when you're doing that stuff with the pack? Yeah, to, to... on the A7S. Yeah, I think I'm on um, the S Log Three uh, with, and then I think I use yeah S Log Three and then S the uh, S Gamut in the have, color. Have you seen that uh, thing someone posted on uh, Vimeo? I think on uh, testing the different A7S profiles. Yes, yes, I wanted to talk about him, David Carstens. Um, this was really great. He, I think, he's actually uh, a fan of the show and listens. Hopefully, Hello, so David. I, I've already given him a shout out on Twitter to say thank you for doing this. It was a brilliant. It was really, you know, camera tests are hard. You yeah, know, I thought no I thought it was much better than stuff. Normally, it's uh, like. Yeah, blow your brains out, like. Yeah, oh, yeah. Look, and I can't. I'm very. Yeah. You know, dedicated and not very technical. I'm not. I I just can't be asked doing bloody camera tests. So I, but I do. I quite like other people to go and do them, and I'll 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 very happy to watch their tests and and uh, make decisions based on them. But well, I, can't, I liked that it I can't wasn't... be bothered doing it myself. I'm just not regimented enough to take the proper notes and do a ded- you know do a proper dedicated job. I'll let others do that. But, but so, don't you? But as not sorry, I was going to say. But isn't there one of the nice things about it is that there are some charts, but there's uh, also just an actress, so you can actually see what it looks like on skin tone. Yes, exactly. A real human. Yeah. It's not just a bottle of fruit and a grey card. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So davidcarstens dot com, and uh, I think on his blog, uh, if you go to the blog, there's yeah testing all the picture profiles and exposures uh, with the A seven S. So he went through a lot of because there's a lot of different ways to shoot. A lot of people have a few conflicting ideas. Do they go with S gamma with S log three with the cinema because you can choose the 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 sort of um, the color space, color. See, I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about, really. Because this, uh, this didn't come out. I mean, he's. I think he posted this a while ago. I certainly saw it a while ago. I think it's yeah, the same one we're talking it was, about. Yeah. yeah, it's a couple. It's a couple months ago. Yeah, now. yeah, it's not a new yeah, one. When right? the yeah. camera came came yeah. out. 
uh, straight after, a couple of weeks after the camera came out in August. Um, but yes, there's there's certainly there's different color spaces, you know, the Cinema and Pro and Pic, Pro Pick and Cinema Two and Three and Four and stuff. So he goes through a lot of those settings, and um, it's a good yeah, it's good to see, see what they all do in terms of noise and in terms of flatness, in terms of saturation and things. So I think I do the uh, S Log Three and the S Gamut. The only, thing, the only thing the only thing we I got bump up the color. I think yeah. I, turn, I think they put the color on saturation on plus seven or plus ten or something around that way. Basically, just I just feel that S gamut and S log is great and it's nice. It's a nice flat sort of space, but uh, it does leave you a little bit of a color starved, just like a little bit more of a, a bit more color information in there. So which so one are you going with? Uh, I think it's S log right. three and S gamut. See the thing. The other thing I've got to be careful but, about. But when you can do, when you go in, when you hit the, when you go to the picture profiles. Yeah. You don't just choose the picture profiles. I think then you arrow right once you hit your picture profiles. Then that opens up all the settings within that picture profile. What's the gamut? What's the color space? You can then look at the blacks. You can look at detail, and you can look at saturation. That's what I was going to say though. That I think yeah. you got to be careful with the detail stuff because there are sharpeners. Yes. In some of these, and that's the only thing we came unstuck on is that we were trying a few different modes, and they were great in terms of <laughs> their color information. But yeah. there was a a level of uh, sharpening applied um, at the sort of uh, camera level, and then you know traditionally we don't like to do that. I mean, if you go back to Stu's original things back in the day on the five D Mark II. Um, not having sharpening done on the camera is a great thing because especially on skin tones, you may not want blemishes kind of wound up uh, with sharpness. And you yeah. can always do it later anyway, and you're probably going to do it better in your DaVinci grade than you are on the camera. So don't, yeah. don't. It, it's really tempting to kind of have some sharpness in there. You think that somehow, but it's not, it's not unsharpening it <laughs> if it's turned down. It's yeah. just not applying sharpening. It's not pl- yes, it's just neutral sharpening. It's yeah. not actually And that's what you up. want. Yeah, and it's yeah, and I've never seen any of that in any of the footage. I think I've been happily for commercial work doing S S log two, S log three and S gamut, and then just bumping up the saturation ten percent. It's the only thing I change in that whole thing, and uh, yeah, that's 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 it really. But this is a great uh, again. Go to DavidCarstens dot com. Uh, links in the show notes and go to his blog, and uh, yeah, it's a really good breakdown. Thank you. For doing it, David and Andrea, your gorgeous model. Thank you. So, uh, what else have you got? Uh... Oh, what else have I got? Let's see. Oh, I've got to. Oh, I've got to talk about this thing. And um, and what is that thing? Uh, Nexto, the Nexto bridge thing, which I've got, which I need to show you. It's really awesome. What is it? It's um, it's well, Nexto make uh, have. Started off, I guess, and I'm sure you've probably seen them. They're essentially little, I guess, data banks, I suppose, for stills photographers. A lot of people make these. I think Panasonic makes some, and a few other people make them. But basically, like a like a a storage offloading thing. And uh, I think up till now, what they've done is made things which really take, like maybe a CD, a CF card, or an SD card, and you it basically, it's basically a a bridge between external drives and memory cards, which basically just does a copy 
and uh, just verifies the copy. Now, this this is then then the new thing from from Nexto, yeah. uh, called the Bridge, or it's called the NSB twenty five, or the ne- Nexto Bridge twenty five, is sort of takes that idea one step further. And uh, what I thought would be great for is for sometimes when you don't, this is the idea to really be able to do DIT without having to pull out a laptop. It's essentially it's kind of like I suppose a little touch screen about the size, maybe a little bit smaller than an iPad mini, but about the size of a say like a, an iPhone 6 Plus. Um, but it's a bit of a, a boxy thing, but it is like this sort of ruggedized, self-powered block and it has all these slots down the side, on, on down both sides. Now it has the ability, it comes out of the box with carriers for you to put two internal two and a half inch drives in it and basically it's a touchscreen interface that lets you on the other side then put card adapters in there to go for red or s by s or um qxd or xqd whatever it is um it comes internally with its ability to do cf card and sd card but yeah so it'll let you read stuff and uh, red or Alexa, or Sony FS7, or F- uh, F5s, uh, and a few other a few other weird formats that I, I <laughs> that I don't know of. So basically, you can have a red a red SSD slot on one side. On the other side, it has two internal S- SSDs or, or or hard drives, and a further slot for you to have an external drive. So basically, you can pa- it's got its own internal battery. You can turn it on. It'll run for three or four hours on the internal battery. Uh, and what it does, you put a card in one side and it shows you your two drives and your two card, a very simple touchscreen operation. And you say, copy this, please. And it will copy it to both the internal drives and then also simultaneously copy it to whatever USB 3 external drive you have. So it does three copies. Um, you, at the end of the day, you have a backup to take home. You have a, a drive to be able to give to production or producers or take home yourself and it copies it all verifies it all and um, yeah and you cannot delete stuff you can format the entire drive after about 10 or 12 button presses if you really want to but basically without having to set up a laptop without having to uh, monitor this drive monitor the progress of it you can if you're somebody who's struggling without the ability to have a DIT um, you can then just set this up. You don't even necessarily need to plug it in. Just pull it out of its box, put a card in, hit go, and it'll copy it and know that it has copied it to two, three places if you want. And you're free to use that card again, or again without having to turn on a laptop, power the laptop. Are you have you used one of these? Yeah, I've, I, I have one. Really? Because I've got to say, like, seems like. Anything less than a vault, the Codex Vault, I trust. This is Codex Vault for the rest of us, I think. Because I've got to say, I've always been a bit dubious about these things. I'm not saying this particular one in particular, but I mean, mm. the level of confidence I need on something before I'm willing to format a card is just yep. unbelievably high. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I think that this is the fact that you don't have to start up separate software, you, you don't have to start up but a don't you just, laptop. I don't know, is, I just always on my laptop love the ability to copy the files and then just click on one of them and just kind yes. of have a peek. And Yep, well, this sure will there. show you the thumbnails of the clip as it lays it down. It also lets you play back those copies up to 2K through HDMI with audio so you can actually literally 
once it's copied, you can look at it, you can play back the clips, apart from Red, of course. Thanks, Red. We love your codec, but uh, why don't you let other people use it? So, uh, yeah, if you've got uh, video files, it'll show you the files as it's copying them on its display. You can then play them back to check that they're okay. You can play out through an, through an HDMI plug to, um, and to, to a monitor and double check it up to 2K. I presume hmm. at some stage that I think there's a 4K upgrade coming. Um, but yeah, look, I th it gives you about as much confidence as you possibly can without having to pull out a laptop. And even then, with laptops, of course, there's still, there's still issues. You, you, you're dealing with laptop power can go down. Laptop, well, the laptop can crash, of course. You, the laptop, you, have to you have to rely on the software itself that you launch. You have to buy the software that you have to launch. You have to, uh, you've got very limited internal space, and you're always relying on external drives. This, if you really wanted to, you could pull, out of, pull it out of your bag, and, and it will run... It copies very things very but, quickly. But how, but how big is it? How copying. physically big is it? Like, how much does it weigh? It weighs. Let me tell. Well, yeah. I mean, like, is it like is it a laptop size or is it? No, it's 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 no, not at all. It's um okay. I'm going to go metric. Uh, <laughs> uh, Seventeen centimeters by ten centimeters by ten. So ten by ten centimeters by. 100 and yeah so it's literally like imagine probably stack and you, and stack you've, 10 you've iPhone got 6 pluses on top of each other maybe if that and, makes sense and you've got one and you like it I have yet to use it in anger but I like the idea of it I'm trying to get my first my, my first uh, over the line to use it they're very much uh, <laughs> and rightly so they're you know, very much in in, in uh, you know, locked into their laptop way, way of things, which is fine. But I, I think for it, this is going to suit a lot of people. If you don't want to necessarily pull that all out, and that's one of those things. I think it's going to just take someone to use it to, to. Uh, it's one of those things I really wanted to get out in front of people to, to sort of see what people think. Get it into a few resellers and, and you know, get it, get it, get it out there a bit. I think, I think it's a clever, interesting idea. I've often sort of liked the idea of the. You know, light is green, trap is clean, kind of mentality where put card in, press button, and you get an errant, absolutely guaranteed. Yep, no worries. This is copied. Please go away. Use your card. Enjoy, kind of thing, without having to do the laptop thing. There's nothing wrong with the laptop thing, but I just like, I like, I, I quite like the idea of this. It's what does it weigh? I didn't tell you what it weighs. It weighs One point five kilos. Yeah. It's seven inches by four inches by four inches, basically. Hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, I, as I say, I, I've, I'm so cynical about this that yep. I would want you to Absolutely. give me the yep. Jason Wingrove seal of approval. I've used it in anger and yep. love it to Absolutely. To live with it. But yeah. Now, if you go to if you go to newshooter.com, I mean, you wouldn't expect it. To oh, be it's cheap, two and a half grand. It, yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you say so. If you get, yeah, <laughs> if you go to newshooter.com and, and search for Nexto, there uh, Matt Allard's done a great uh, walkthrough on it. Um, yeah, um, yeah, I won't bother giving you the URL, but go to newshooter.com and the search box there, right for Nexto, and they've done a really good walkthrough of the thing. Gives you a really good idea of the touchscreen, how simple it works. Yeah, 
and I'm not going to, you know, beat too much of a jump for the thing. But I think it's, 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 it's something worth, it's something worth thinking about to maybe think outside of the uh, traditional laptop setup. Particularly, again, if you're under the thumb as a first AC and not always given a data guy, you know, and you don't often you're on a beach or whatever, you don't have the ability to set up a laptop with a screen you find hard to see. This is, you know, pretty simple sort of thing. You can literally have it sitting on a case right next to you working away and you can double check it without having to, you know, uh, go off somewhere under a, sh under a towel to watch a, a laptop progress. Okay. Okay. I did my duty. I plugged what I thought was a really good thing. No, no, no. I, I'm you, but you know over, what I'm saying? It's like we, we are now into the... I mean, like this is the black art of shooting, right? Like it's the, and I've actually had a situation that I was really tired and I was copying stuff on a laptop and there was a problem yep. with space on a drive and I had to yep. stop and do something and yep. I hit delete and it didn't seem to work and I hit delete again and it deleted and then I was like, mm-hmm. And only that later that day did I realize I'd managed to delete the copy on the card, yep. not on the drive. No, no, I deleted the copy. I did a copy. I cloned, yeah. Basically, one of my two copies, I'd managed to delete one of the files I wanted. You are human. But I, yeah, okay, Basically, but I had a backup. You are a human part of the equation. Most aviation so, safety experts will tell you that uh, av aviation is going to be all the, sim all the safer once we get the humans uh, less human involvement. But my point is, you have a procedure that works. When you deviate from the procedure, you're dead. Yes. And in my particular case, and if you're tired, yeah. So in my case, yes, that's what it was. And if you've got to copy it to three different places... This automatically will do that, you know, yeah. to drag it something here and then drag it here and then drag it there. This is. So I'm not against it. I, I just want to have somebody I trust that's you. used it. I mean, if somebody that I trust recommends it and is using it. That's right. And I've used it diff. and I've tried it, but I haven't used it in battle yet. And I'm trying to get, I'm trying to, not struggling. Dear we'll listener. Eventually we'll get around to. I've only had it for a few sure, weeks. Sure, no, that's so fine. Dear listener, to get it. I want to get it on, into the war zone and, and see, see what people sure. think about it. But, but so maybe, far, people like the idea, but... But maybe one of our past. listeners has used it in anger, and if they have, I'm just maybe. going to invite them to email us. Yes, please do. Because please it's do. not a brand like that I know. Or I'm not saying anything bad about it. I'm just simply no, saying I just don't know it. It's, a, it's In the stills world, it's, it's, it's a known brand, but this is them venturing into the digital cinematography side of things. And the fact that it comes with all, you know, literally you... It comes with all these adapter plates, the ability to literally put. You don't need to buy or have a red. So if you're going to copy, copy a uh, to three drives. Let's say you've got a, a red. You've got a red SSD and you're going to copy to three drives, right? You need the red reader. You need a laptop. Okay. No, no, you I'm not. Three drives no, no, it's and not three that I, cables. It's not that I need to be sold on it. I'm just saying, like for anything like this, where I personally don't know the brand and it's something this vital. Yeah. I want to know. I've been using this in anger for three months. You've got to get this thing, Mike. It's awesome. Yes. Kind of comment. agree. Absolutely. Someone needs to do that. Well, we'll that work on you. that. Well, they don't need to do it. They can no, go and do what you are. This is just an all. This is an alternative, and it might suit somebody else's workflow out there, or the conditions there, the uh, oppressed masses forced to work with lots of data in a short time with not enough people. Yes. This could be you. Okay. What else we got? I was talking to I was talking to Ben Allen because you know we did a course last turn on FX PhD and we're doing another one actually next term which would be really really cool. 
Um, but uh, so we know about brands. I don't know why I'm telling you this, but uh, so you know, you're just mentioning then like brands that you trust. So when we came to swap out from our Canon gear, mm-hmm. the option was Sony. If you told me that, I've already had this discussion with you. If you told me that like yeah. a year or two ago, I would, well, three years ago, I would have said it would be Nikon and Canon. Yes. Like that was the just only alternative. Yes. And yes. now the only alternative to Canon for me at that level is uh, is Sony. Now, at the, I love Alexa. So I think Alexa's great. I also love the red. But I'm just talking about at that level, right? Where you've got a, like basically an SLR. Um, yeah. DSLR. Anyway, the point is you've got, a complete no-show from me by Nikon. Now, I'm not saying Nikon's dead or doesn't do good stuff, and I'm sure a lot of Nikon listeners, but really, it was like Canon firing away, and then you expected Nikon to come through with the 5D Mark III killer, and it's been Sony. And 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 he came back with, I thought it was a really interesting point, it was like, well, yeah, not only is Sony nailing it there, because they seem to have sort of been innovative, but where the hell is Panasonic? Because that was the other one that we expected. If Sony was going to do anything, Panasonic could do it. And Panasonic well, was going to steal Sony's wind. Mm, well, you look at something like, well, I guess in the lower and the DSLR side of things, they're certainly getting some traction and doing good things with the GH4. Um, it's definitely a camera that has uh, got a lot, of, uh, a lot of fans out there. Um, uh, and I think they are improving... That but, camera slowly okay, but, with firmware. But did you or I either at the level that you just replaced with your um, your camera or mine at the SLR level at this particular yes, moment? No. Did either of us consider Panasonic? No, we didn't. No, but good. But I'm a I'm a sensor size, you know, slap. I couldn't really. Well, yeah, but w- go why Panasonic? Four thirds, okay, but why couldn't Panasonic have gotten into the full yes. format? race yeah. a year or two ago or yeah, three or four years they ago. seem to what they do is do some they do some great things uh, in in the areas that they choose to do something but they've but, never chosen to but when we started FX, to do larger sensor stuff no so. no but when we started fx phd they had the uh, whatever that was the panasonic um yeah you you guys were using the p2 cameras P2s, yeah and they yeah. were just the yeah prosumery kind of yep. you know go to camera right it had yeah. like proper xlr yep. inputs and it just worked and it was yep. you know it wasn't a digi beta cam sony expensive yep. thing it was up and coming and so why did they just extend that on and just end up today with a you know p5 or something that has yeah you know full sensor and is got and interchangeable lenses Earlier versions of the Vericam, people have shot some absolutely stunning stuff with that, and some beautiful yeah. step into into the void or step into the into uh, I don't know. There's a couple of those mountain climbing films were all done on Vericam and just looked a- outstanding. A lot of people have done some some very very brilliant work with it. I don't, I do not fathom. I I can't I can't get my head around the new 35 very cam i can't get my head around the pricing of it and i think it's an intriguing idea but they just they they do seem a little bit lost and 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 while we're on that subject like what do you expect in the coming so i'm just speaking forward now looking forward to the coming year right so if we've established that sony you know and i mean i used to think sony was you know the last time sony had a hit to quote mike myers was with the you know Walkman, and yet today I love Sony, and I think it's really, really good. But you know, I still love Canon glass, and I, you know, yeah. I, for a very sort of on a romanticized thing about Canon, I just can't afford to, or can't afford. It's not the wrong word. It's not the money. I just can't 
bring myself to buy a, another 5D Mark III right now. Yeah. But uh, but Sony is really innovative, and as I think that audio thing, for example, came out of nowhere for me. Just brilliant. Love it. Well, so, Sony have uh, Sony have cha- a couple of challenges, I think. Well, they have one challenge, I think, in the higher end, and they've got to do something in the lower end. In the higher end, they keep bringing out cameras. We've got the F5, F55. I'm not going to even talk really about the, the whole 4K thing where some F55 owners should really obviously be quite miffed by the fact that, you know, they brought out a 4K upgrade for a camera, the camera below it. But they keep bringing out cameras. They brought out F5, obviously they brought out the FS7, and they keep bringing out cameras from 2016, from 2018, you know, from from slightly the future, yet they're embedding them with this... 2002 or whatever they just keep bringing out cameras which are very capable of some beautiful imagery but they keep put fitting them with this crazy ass ENG beta cam mentality thing of oh. preset preset you know color balance white balance preset a b Stuff, this whole color matrix stuff, which nobody understands the matrix. Nobody understand. Nobody understands the films. Nobody understands this 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 part of these cameras. Right? I mean, there's, I agree. Their menus are overly they, complicated. Oh my god, is it over complicated? I mean, if you look. But but hang on. But here's the thing, right? But they are making those steps forward. What my argument would be: Where the hell is yep. any camera past the Epic? Yeah, but don't well, like the, yeah, the, the, the that's Epic. That's another entire argument. But the Sony thing. Problem is Sony keeps bringing out cameras faster than they are than they are improving the ones that they currently have. But F55 I think they're moving forward. F5 are great, but there's some menu people have been, myself included, and lots of people have been p- p- tying their um, list of demands to their pitchforks and have been waving them in, in front of uh, the, anybody who listens for quite some time. And firmware updates are very slow. I mean, not as slow as some cameras, but, you know, firmware updates are slow to come and are very minimal in their content. You know, you can list 10 billion things and maybe one of those things might get, you'll wait six months for a software update, maybe one of those things will be addressed and five other things no one ever asked for and then if the odd bug fix and things. But there needs to be, Sony are making cameras that are way beyond what, the menus. Okay, that's true, are, are but okay but that. Canon's you know, no ca- better at ENG menus. Yeah, yeah. On, but Canon's no better at responding cameras. to user complaints right now. Yeah, and well, and the thing the thing is that the Canon stuff is so good out of the box, like a C one hundred. You know, well, I think the best thing out of the box is an Arri. Works, I think brilliant. the best thing out of the box is an Arri, and Alexa yeah, out absolutely. of the box absolutely. Is, I think the International Colorists Association and Warren. I think they just they do every year they do their. Um, they do a survey, you know, what camera stuff are you grading? And this is yeah. not just, you know, five guys in L.A. Yeah. Uh, around the pub writing a list on a piece of paper. This is colorists. This is hundreds of colorists from around the world in every, every, in every arena, in, in, in every sort of market. And, yeah, but streets ahead uh, in terms of like at least – Twice as popular as the next camera below it is is uh, Alexa and Amira, yeah. and then you start to go to things like uh, to F55s and F5s and and Epic and uh, C100s and C300s and things. Uh, and there's a reason that this camera just looks. This camera 
makes DOPs look great with a minimum of fucking around. Okay, so take so, it out of the box, so, plug it in, put a lens on it, turn it on, plug in a monitor, and wow. Yeah. Seriously, even just Ari log, just the log output out of the camera, just immediately looks like looks look like looks filmy to me, or looks yeah. like a film. No, no, I agree. But but hang on, so we're looking at the start of 2015, right? So so who at the end of 2015 do you think will have done something impressive for us in terms of cameras? Because I say it's not going to be Panasonic. I say uh, much that I never would have believed this. We'll go another year without another red camera. Yes, so I agree. As much as I love, well, red might, and what they, they might they announce did, something, but you know, well, again, we, we've been down, we've been, we've just talked about so this one. I've talked and about also, Boy they've, Wolf, they've lost. So. Well, it's not just that they've lost the um, evangelist Ninja. single user market. Because honestly, as much as I love what they're doing, it's gone to 6K high-end $50,000 cameras and it was, you know, it's no longer the camera for the rest of us. So... Yes, but there is there is still definitely a lot to love in the current Epic. You don't necessarily need yeah, to spend the, what $15,000 or 14000 whatever it is now, to upgrade your Epic to a Dragon. That's a lot of money for not a, not a massive... Not a massive outcome. You know, I mean, six K is great. I just I don't need six yeah. K. No, no, this is six K. It's not a not a, a, a slight dynamic range increase. Not a massive sensitivity increase. I would have uh, much preferred a sensitivity. Camera straight increase. out of the box is great. I picked up an Epic the other day and I went, "Wow, this is really fantastic. This is how this is how you do menus. This is touchscreen yep. is so fast. Yep. It just you know. Yeah, no, there's, wanna, there's a lot to love. Fifty five hundred. Uh, K color temp to 3200. Touch 5500, slide it, tap it, done. Frames per second. I can go from one frame a second to 100 frames a second in one swipe of my finger. Hello, Sony. Well, the other thing is swapping the uh, camera mounts so that you're not putting an adapter on. You can actually have a Canon mount or you can Absolutely, have Absolutely, a... a solid mount. You yeah. can do that. You, know, you can go from, from EF to, to PL. To, but nevertheless... You, know, you can change mounts on... on there's, there's a lot to be said. But need the, I remind you that the they were going to release a full-frame epic-ish camera from Red. Was... Stop flying that. that. Let that one go. Well, I'm just saying, like there was going to be a whole lot of cameras. Of course. Absolutely. And we basically got an epic, yeah. an epic upgrade, and an epic that doesn't quite work. Scarlet. I mean, then I say not quite work. Oh, it just doesn't make oh. the same specs. Yeah, Epic works. How do you mean? No, I'm saying Scarlet is like just an Epic, but you yeah, know, it doesn't quite get the same. Yeah, but yeah. but I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just simply saying it's just not a different. It's not 3K for 3K for 3K, whatever it initially was going to be. So like, there's just this void of cameras coming out of red. So anyway, my point is this: Who's going to surprise us with cameras? Who are we going to be? I mean, will Canon come through with a? With I'd like a, to think that they will. You know, I think they've been they've been. They can't have been oblivious. Slipping to how a many... lot. I mean, the C one hundred Mark II that was on the list too. We didn't really talk about that. That was that was, that was incremental. But in a you know a lot of good things they changed with the C one hundred there. That that's impressive. The new viewfinder, the new EVF was. Yeah, it's great, but it's partly great now because the other one sucked and should not have been put on any camera of that ilk to begin with. It, they've basically corrected some issues. Um, they've corrected uh, the. Uh, they've added the autofocus, which is now fantastic. The uh, a- active, the uh, um, uh, 
having basically having an autofocus on on the fly is brilliant. It works really well with Canon glass. I mean, what about Blackmagic? We haven't discussed them. Well, the Ursa is now only just shipping. When did we see that? Uh, NAB. Uh, NAB. It's now just shipping. People are just starting to now get their cameras. Literally, you know, this month. Uh, it's 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 a good camera. It's very 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 heavy. Uh, it doesn't have its own EVF. It's got a few. Uh, the user interface is astounding. The UI is beautiful. Whoever does those, whoever does that, is should needs Sony. Go and find whoever does. Uh, throw money at that problem. Go <laughs> poach that person. Not necessarily sensor design. You guys are nailing it with their sensitivity and their sensors and their ability to to engineer stuff really quick. Couple that with the guys who do the UI. And the the just the layout, just even just the font, the fonts are beautiful. The it's 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 gorgeous. It's 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 a design ex a beautiful design exercise. That the 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 brilliant layout of the menus and the screens on. Okay, on, but do you think on, that's going to be the, the camera that surprises the, on the Ursa you? Is brilliant, but it's you know like a lot of Blackmagic stuff. It always has it. There's always the, the gotchas and the what the what the. The the the, the added the lead weights is seriously yeah it's incredibly heavy but it is you know do you know it's, who I it's, reckon's it's gonna built s- like a brick shit house but on the upside it's built like a brick shit house yeah you know who is going to be I'm going to give you my vote as to who I reckon is most likely to give us a camera that at the end of 2015 I say wasn't that just a brilliant move you want to guess who it is <sighs> don't think it's AJA I don't know. Uh, they got momentum, they've got style, and they've got immense. Uh, actually, you know what? It's, it, momentum. It's what it is. They've just got an enormous amount of momentum, forward moving. It's GoPro. Honestly, that company just never ceases to amaze me with what they've done. It's not a camera for everybody. It's but it's a phenomenon beyond mm. belief. And I reckon that the trajectory they've been going on, give them another year. Their product cycles are short. Their cameras are yeah. cheap. They are. Loved by the accessory market, um, they are loved by users. They're now everywhere. Yeah, I mean, you know, like every yeah. surf shop I go into has yeah full GoPro kits. Yeah, um, I reckon, you know, like honestly, they they're Look. just going to do nineteen twenty by ten eighty better than anybody on a wide angle yeah. lens with better sensitivity, and people are going to be, you know, because I'd like to see, I'd like to see, Sony. Turn around and do really do an Alexa. I mean, Alexa, Ari already do an Alexa, and that's fantastic. I'm not trying to take anything away f- from those guys, and the mirror is fantastic. But I guess the uh, Alexa for the rest of us, I suppose, the more lower end Alexa, Sony could literally, if they wanted to, do a complete, you know, I guess the sort of uh, knockoff of, uh, you know, copy it. Look at the menus. Look at the simplicity of it. Look at the robustness of it. Look at the 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 layout, the ergonomics, the the the, the limos all over it. Not get rid of high rows and D taps and things. Make okay. it just I, they I, could I think, literally yeah. turn around and make they could Sony could make a, a, a proper digital cinema camera that that finally separates from the engineer based the engineer and eng mindset of old and purely creates uh, a really good film camera equally canon could yeah, indeed canon, could. can indeed could do 
uh, imagine a, a 4K. I think there's no, there's no, there's no getting away from 4K now. 4K now that everyone's shooting 1080p. Uh, literally everyone's finish, finishing the 10 HD is now the norm. Everyone wants to shoot an acquirer in 4K just to be able to give you that shooting room, to give you the, the, the downscaling sharpness yeah. and to give you that just croppability. As soon as you're finishing in one particular format, you want to shoot something that's higher resolution okay. than that format. But, but so I think 4K going forward, Canon need to go to 4K. They could turn around and make a, a higher end, uh, you know, Sony but, could do Sony. Oh, I really want to see an already... six that looks like a baby Alexa with new, completely simplified menus, and Canon could could do the same. That 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 is the the, the future is cameras for a, a full post workflow. Not trying to I'm not trying to dig into the matrix here and make a final uh, Ursa of a final. Um, Da Vinci grade in the camera. I just no. want to shoot a great looking image out of the box by 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 doing four actions: a open box, <laughs> b plug battery into camera, c sw- sw- switch power on, and, and d, that's it. Add lenses. That yeah. that is add lens but, but done. Jace, but the thing I'm going to say is that that's absolutely true. I I think that would be marvelous. But the other thing is, I just can't get away from the fact that how ridiculously good footage is coming out of an iPhone 6. And I'm not saying that anything other than if you assume that that technology exists in the world, which it does, then GoPro is the sort of company that's going to say, okay, well, that's, you know, the phone with our camera. We'll make the camera alone and we'll make it, you know, not have a telephone and not have a bunch of other stuff in it. And mm. and it'll... Because those smaller 1920 by 1080 Cameras? How different is that to a Blackmagic pocket camera, though, man? That's small, simple, does one thing, put a lens, a vast Maybe. array of lens on the thing, turn on, shoots ProRes, is tiny, I just is think bulletproof. you're going to have bulletproof little cameras like the GoPros that are still able to produce a reasonable color gamut and have... Yeah. Because their compressed format is I really like. And then in addition to that, then you're going to jump to only one of two things either it's a an slr that you know is pretty much this dual box that pro consumers people have at a couple of you know grand or you're going to jump up to the 10 15 20 grand range i can't see there being a big so the trouble is you just can sell so many cameras when you drop from sixty thousand to 60 16 000 or six thousand much more like it's more than tenfold you don't you know, you lose money on each sale, but you sell so many more of them. I yeah. just can't see how you can compete. And I've got to say that these, you know, the sort of technology leaps that we see in the low end are just ridiculous. So anyway, yeah. that's my prediction. Okay. Can I end? I've got a, I have a cautionary tale I need to. Sure. Scott Auerbach uh, sent me an email a little while ago, and I keep meaning to put it on shows and put it on shows, and it was a, an interesting sort of cautionary tale, uh, and it is something that uh, with every camera release is becoming more and more uh, relevant, I suppose, issue. And he, he bought a, uh, a year ago, took delivery of a Panasonic PX500. This is a P2 ENG camera, so they're still making these things, right? This is uh, uh, only a year ago. But it uh, only shipped with 60p and 50p and 60i, 50i, right? Only shipped with those. Uh, and 24p and 25 and 30 were to come in a future firmware update, unquote. Uh, now, 
as I say, this is becoming more and more the norm where cameras ship with limited functionality with the rest to come. Honest, cross my heart, hope to die. Ready, we will. So over a year later, he's still waiting. Still does not shoot. This camera still does not shoot 24 or, 24 or 25 or 30. Ow. Still does not shoot. This is Panasonic, right? This is a, I don't know, an expensive camera. I know he told me how much it was, but hey, expensive. This was this was not not a cheap. This is not a this is not a, a, a three hundred dollar camera. This is not a three. This is not a ten thousand dollar camera. This is you know multiple multiple thousand dollar camera. Okay, and this uh, now this is probably gonna because he's probably gonna stick with it. And, and if he's listening to this, stick with it, dude. He's gonna probably have to start getting legal uh, involved in this because. Uh, this is uh, uh, quite ridiculous after a year, and basically, this is this is probably this is a ca- this is a camera company that's probably just literally just dropped everything to produce this bust their ass to get the uh, Super Thirty Five Very Cam out the door, and uh, this is just again I'm just mentioning this because uh, it's a, a great point of conversation, uh, and uh, Scott has uh, taken it for the team here and bothered to put pen to paper and tell us about this because uh, a cautionary tale to literally if don't uh, and we've all done it you know buy something that is uh, with vaporware. Uh, with 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 a promise of of coming firmware because even with you know a top five company like Panasonic and slipping with moves like this, uh, there is no guarantee. You know, even though he's he's got full copies of all, he's got he's got uh, videos of people at, at trade shows saying saying it's coming. He's got brochures. He's got printed materials saying it. And literally over a year and still no plans for this to to be released. And uh, yeah, so look, it's uh, <laughs> something to think about. Yes, well, I think the vaporware thing is just a huge thing, right? Like uh, that's very much my rule going forward at the moment, which is I want to actually I want somebody, as I said earlier, to, that I know to have bought it, rather than me to just uh, you know read the specs and say it looks good, and then there's an upgrade coming. I, I just. I'm so over it. It's just ridiculous now. Unless there is a pushback by us, I just don't think it's going to... Um, unless we push back and refuse to um, basically uh, go along with the kind of thing and say, no, I don't want the alpha version. I don't want the early release version. I actually want it yeah. to be a uh, working release. Thanks very much. Because honestly, no one you know gives you a job based on, on uh, some kind of whacked out bloody, um, you know thing about your camera they give it to you because you can deliver so if you can't yeah. deliver you're just letting the world down yeah but i'd say yeah look it's just if it if it's not if it's not if if what you need a camera to do or a piece of kit to do um isn't isn't on launch then yeah think twice because you never quite know how long it's going to be till if ever that they actually do it because you never quite know what these camera companies are going to do um because you know, even a reasonably big company like Panasonic, you can really see that clearly they've had a complete shift of resources from one camera to the next thing. And, you know, I, this can apply to a lot of camera companies that, that, uh, film, this is our map, this is our, this is our roadmap for, for firmware upgrades for this camera. Every one of them, every one of the manufacturers, you know, shift gears, change their minds. 
sometimes they accelerate things, bring things forward, and you know, twenty-five percent of the time they'll 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 drop functionality. They might add stuff, but they'll drop things. So you just can't count on you can't count on on what's promised. You have to just go with what is actually what. Go with reality. Go with what exists. So I don't know what's the moral of the story. Just work with what you got. <laughs> Work with what you got," he said, having just dumped one camera and bought another completely other camera. Yeah. I just, I shouldn't, I, I should stop talking right now. So uh, the only other thing I can say is that as we enter 2015, it's less than a year until the next Star Wars film. So you know, that's good news. Um, on that proud and, and happy note, Jace, I have to go. I have about 70 people coming in the next two or three days for various uh, yes. events, including you, I hope, uh, on Boxing Day. So. Um, do whatever you have to do to uh, squirm your way over because I've got a whole amazing new set of cocktails. I get in trouble yes. for talking about drinks um, because it sounds like I'm some kind of uh, person that advocates uh, drinking too much, and I don't. I just advocate You don't have to drinking be drinking well. too much. You can be drinking just the right amount. Yes. I've got Emerald Lagasse's uh, Lemon Mint Tea Punch. I've got a uh, Vodka Time Lemonade, but I've got this terrific uh, French Quarter uh, ginger stuff, as well as, of course, some... Um... Gingers? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. Oh, yes. Sounds good. This lovely French liqueur I haven't tried before with gin and uh, OJ and tonic and cinnamon sticks. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. and, and I've got this thing uh, I'm calling uh, Mike's Jaffa Martini. Do you have, you know, Jaffas? New Zealanders yes. are big on Jaffas, yeah. I... Quantro, Baileys and Kahlua. <sighs> yeah, baby. I've got... Yeah. Well... Wherever you are, thank you very much. And whatever you're imbibing in, stay safe. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your patience and your tolerance. And whoever it was, you can change that fucking website now. <laughs> See you in the next <laughs> you guys. Bye. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Send your questions or comments to rc at fxguide.com. Copyright 2011, FX Guide, LLC.